Oh, she, How are you? Yes, yeah, she's made a she's made a bit of a recovery. How are you feeling? Oh, well, I don't feel great, but um, yeah, sorry guys, I didn't feel well enough yesterday to do um, the No Name Sunday show. So we that we were going to do on a Monday. So we owe you one. Yeah, <clears throat> we owe you one. But on that note, that. we're doing we're doing. I'll be doing a, a, a sort of pop up live actually with Nanny Di uh, in a special location oh, tomorrow, oh, the thingy. which will be nice. Yeah, nice. Be nice. Um, good morning, everyone. How are we all? How are you? How are we? How are they? Uh, that was, was an interesting Insta Live you were doing. Yeah, I was just over on Instagram and I was doing... Because <laughs> you just... I get really, really sick of these people that go... So I was acting out empty-headed influencer. You did it quite well. <laughs> so I put, a, I put a filter on and I was like, Hi, guys! I just hopped on here to just say, well, oh, look, there's people joining. Hi, guys. Oh, we've got a million people with us. So, yeah, I just came on here to say, hi, guys. Really... I've got a perfect life. Can I just, can I just say Have you? Why did they do that thing where they did the da Because it's a sort of an Americanized thing, isn't it? Do you think it's because they don't have more than one sentence? I think they say struggle with three syllables. <laughs> So they fold them all into one. Yeah. Hi, hey guys. guys. Do you want to see my thousand presents under the but just tree? Just do your, do your face a bit closer to the camera because there's something about it that really frightens me. Hi, and guys. And it frightens me when I wake up to it sometimes. It's the blank, empty, dark expression. Tell me to do an expression. Tell me to do an emotion. Do dead inside. So good. Okay. It was so funny. One of my girls was telling me the other day, I said, oh, God, that's a lovely photo. And she said, oh, it's my friend told me how to do it. A friend of hers is a, who's a model. And apparently they said to her, what you have to do is feel like you're totally dead, look like you're totally yeah. dead inside and that you hate everyone. Would you and, yeah, and actually now, whenever I look at those models' photos in the oh, more right. flashy magazines, they're they always look... like this. <laughs> Yeah, but some of them look psychotic. Okay, don't give they? me another okay, Give on, me another well, one. On, give just... me an influence. No, I'm going to give you another one. I'm going to give you. The distant sounds of sleigh bells are coming. No, still, still eyes. Oh, oh, just, 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 just knowing it. Distant sound of sleigh bells are incoming. That's nice. Yeah. Um, Give me one, guys. I've discovered what I think might be a hemorrhoid. That, that's good because you haven't <laughs> quite got there yet. Go to the full emblazoned pain of a hemorrhoid. Without moving my face? No, 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 you've got to change. Yeah, you can change oh, you, I thought you said I yes. wasn't allowed As to move. As a photograph, you're caught in a still oh, image oh. and you now have... Uh, yeah, that's, that's good, that's good. That's a hemorrhoid whilst trying to have a poo. Right, OK. Anyway. Gemma, I'm pretty sure it did. Um, lots and lots of cards went <coughs> yesterday. In fact, so many cards went in the post yesterday. The face yesterday. that you just met Rishi. Oh. <laughs> well, Rishi's... One thing I will give Rishi, though, is oh, you've that... You've done this twice now in one year. You gave him something earlier in the year, and I think you regretted it. It's a backhanded it. compliment. You gave him something earlier in the year, and you I, regretted it. Yes, what, you I'm, did. what I'm going to give what him now. What was it that he gave him earlier in the year? Possibly the same thing I'm about to give him oh, again. Oh, no. That he lends himself beautifully to thought bottles in no. his photos. He no, does. Look at every no, photo. He does, but that isn't what you, you backed him on. What did I back him on? Who can remember? Can anyone remember what I, what, what I said? And I think you regretted it. Did I? Okay, we've got a new little light on top of our on top of our thing. I think it's working. <coughs> you're right, Nads. Yeah, I'm good. No, I haven't got a cough. I've got a bad stomach. Oh, I've got 
bad stomach and a cough. Um, Nadia just seen online that Real, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Dorrit is in London for Panto with Paul George. Don't start. I know, at the Lyric Hammersmith, isn't it? At the Lyric Hammersmith. Dorrit. Well, of course, Boy George is massive. Well, Boy George is her husband's client. Well, and their lodger. Very odd detail. Dorit. Imagine Boy George being I your lodger. Let me go round backstage. Well, I want to go around backstage and do some juggling. I have interviewed Bob George. Bob George. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Did you call him that when you met him? <laughs> He's an, I really liked him. Uh, he used to, I worked with him for a week. He was very nice, but he used to hang around. Uh, uh, not yeah, careful what No, 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 I'm not saying it. No, but he used to hang around in the 80s with lots of the six formers and of they used to go did. clubbing together and all that kind of stuff. But I would be a bit worried <coughs> if I met Dorit. I think she would be very, very dismissive of me. Um, I think she, she would go without, yeah. she would run her eyes run up and down me. I suppose I could only go if I'm going straight from loose women, having been tarted up for three and a half hours and dressed by somebody else. And she, then might, she might still, I might you. be able to walk into dark. She'd still look at me like, yeah, it would have to be Chanel. Yeah, not because you're anything, but because she's a cracking snob, right? All I hope is that there's no home intrusion kind of issues still there. I mean, I'm sure you know going to the going to the going to the audience store and all that kind of stuff. I mean, she's. Should I, should I do that now? What? What? Whisper. Huh? Oh. Uh, okay. All right. Let's get on with the news. So, what we're going to talk about today? There's a lot of news. I found a lot of news stories uh, this morning. Um, the biggest news story is a name that you possibly don't know. You couldn't wear the, the, the reindeer ears no. if you went to see Dorit. You are right. But you could wear bangles on your nipples. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, the biggest news story today, obviously, is Jonathan Majors, huge Hollywood actor. Um, huge Hollywood actor who is in the crosshairs of a major drama has been found oh guilty of domestic God. abuse in in um, uh, or assault in in New York has huge implications for the cinema but also I mean it's dangerous when you talk about a story like this only looking at all oh, the complications for cinema this is a serious story about someone who has been the victim of coercive control and domestic abuse and I I, I saw the clips of the bundling in and out of a car which was used as some of the evidence today and. Wow. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's not, ju it's not just bundling. As well? And the texts Asking are quite remarkable. Asking her not to go to the... Sorry. Yeah, well, no, we'll talk about those in a sec. Um, we're going to... Um, oh, we're just going through, sorry. Just going through the stories. Um, I'm also going to... Uh, I wanted to talk about darts. Um, we're going to talk about why. what time of the day do you hit your worst energy point, your lowest energy point, the moment where you're in high risk of... Have a think about it. Binging. Really think about it because it's yeah. going to be amazing how many people are going to say the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're also going to look at um, or discuss a groom whose speech was so short and so explicit, you wonder why the woman married him. Um, Esther Ranson is also on the front pages of most of the papers today talking about the fact that her stage four lung cancer... <coughs> Depending on how a radical new treatment she's going through at the moment goes, um, she's got some. There's a beautiful paragraph I want to share with you that she discussed the meaning of this Christmas uh, for her, oh, God, um, and she's talked about the fact that she may well. I don't. I don't necessarily think she has, or she's she's thinking about signing up to Dignitas, which raises the whole assisted suicide um, topic. Um, and finally, there's a piece also in the Eye about which I thought was quite funny about a young woman, 27. A young woman who uh, has sent, is sending Christmas cards for the first time and discovered, much to her surprise, that, that many of her friends were offended. So are you a Christmas card sender? Are you a card sender? 
Um, and there's some statistics in that story that are quite surprising. So, um, so those are our stories. Where would you like to start? Should we start with Jonathan Majors? Mm, this is I, terribly sad all the way round, isn't it? Yeah, this is terribly sad on 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 numerous different fronts. And I, you like that cheek? I also want to flag up an aspect of it that I'm not suggesting for a minute. I know one gets shot down in flames if one brings in the race card, but there are a couple of very high-profile comparatives here with what's happened to Jonathan Majors. And you could argue what has perhaps not happened to other actors or stars in similar situations. So I haven't been across the papers yeah. today, sorry. I've been in recovery. But um, so, so just lay out the whole story. So Jonathan Majors is a... Jonathan Majors is an actor who came to our attention, mine and the girls, in a movie called The Last Black Man in uh, San Francisco. He, clearly, he was a talent. He was sensational. In that film, he played a sort of character a little bit like the dim-witted one in Of Mice and Men. Um, you know, slightly sort of mentally challenged, emotionally challenged, and yet sweet, and there's an innocence and, and what have you sort of in him. That kind of launched him on us. He, he went on to um, star in Lovecraft Country. I think he won an, an Emmy for that series. Um, but he became his big sort of crossover success. He was in the Creed, I think it was in Creed 3, might have been in one of the early Creed films. But his big crossover was becoming the next super villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Kang the Conqueror. He was, this was, this was, and for anyone who's, who's not into movies, don't worry, it gets, becomes unmovieified in a minute. But he, he, put it this way, you cannot begin to stress or exaggerate how big this guy's career was about oh, to get, God. or had in a sense become. He was about to become the most bankable Hollywood star because he had that curious capacity to do mainstream uh, and he'd only just starred in the Ant-Man film, Stunning. which itself was rubbish, but he the was the best. The whole film was terrible, yeah. but, but, and I love Ant-Man, but I was like, God, who's that guy? Because he was astonishing. Yeah. Devastatingly good-looking yeah. as well. He's got every, he had everything, everything in front of him, didn't he? But he also had the capacity to, I think it was a, uh, an indie film called Magazine Dreams, which did well at Sundance. He also has the capacity to be an, an indie darling too. So he had that, he straddled the best of both. He had everything, so everything good. ahead of him which some could argue, when you read some of the texts in this case, had already gone to his head. Um, and so this is the story of how earlier last year, in an altercation with his then-girlfriend, who I believe was a choreographer or something on, on Ant-Man, um, they got into a, a fracas, a dispute, a disagreement. It became a struggle. It became a fight. Uh, him bundling her in and out of a car, her accusing him of receiving texts from someone... Um, and she pressed charges against him for physical assault and uh, coercive control. And in the process, in, in the court hearing, the prosecution, the New York prosecutors also brought in some other cases where there's been the suggestion that this has happened elsewhere and in other relationships. But he, he's been found guilty uh, on, on two counts. Um, and those two counts have been obviously sufficient uh, for, uh, enough for, for Marvel and Disney to immediately drop him. Did he, break, did he break her finger? I think she had a broken finger, didn't she? She had a lot of bruises and, um, I mean, he wasn't found guilty of two other cases. So the jury convicted him of two and didn't convict him of two others. But the clear, the clear context here is, you know, a coercively controlling relationship. I mean, the texts were clearly those of a sort of, you know, egomaniac, you know. I mean, I, there was one particular text where he said something along the lines of, you know, Martin Luther King... 
uh, was destined for big things. I'm destined for big things. I need a woman who's willing to make sacrifices. You know, there was a lot of kind of contextual evidence. But that is just a horrible person. Well, that's just horrible. I person. mean, that's just an egomaniac. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But um, but in the, in this case, it it you know, looking at the history of his texts, looking at the way in which he suggested that she she didn't reveal what had happened to the authorities. Uh, the way in which he sort of suggested she control, you know, the, the narrative flow with the police and what have you. Um, there was clearly enough evidence here for him to be And that's charged. his career done. Now, he faces potentially a maximum of a year in prison if uh, the sentence comes through as harshly as it could do in February. But this is, this is massive because this kind of speaks to the dangers for studios committing to any talent that potentially... I said to Mark, it's going to get to the point, isn't it, where studios, insurance people are going to be asking for history of people's relationships. Yeah, There's yeah. been a number of these, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where well, I mean, look at, oh, God, well, what's good... his name from the old Vic? How many things have Oh, Kevin been... Spacey. Kevin Spacey. They, there, was, there was a number of productions, yeah. wasn't there, in place I mean, when he you know, it, ha- it, has, it has a lot of, um, it has a lot of, uh, sort of parallels, in a sense, with uh, the Johnny Depp story, insofar as, you know, Johnny Depp was instrumental to Pirates of the Caribbean and when all the t- negative press kicked in. You know, the danger as well is it's Disney again. This is this is the family... This is the, the mouse house. This is the family, mm. you know, entertainer. And so, you know, even... But it also speaks to James Gunn. Do you remember he kind of posted those kind of inappropriately comedic jokes about paedophiles and then Disney fired him and then he went over to DC and then he came back. Um... Now, Reese Roberts, I'm so pleased you mentioned this because these, these are exactly what I was going to speak towards. Uh, that, that, that You can't help but feel, though, that there is a huge contrast in treatment by the press of various stars. Now, of course, Jonathan Majors has been found guilty. He needs to, you know, receive the, the, the due punishment. Hopefully there'll be some kind of rehabilitation. Will he take ownership <laughs> of his behaviour? But Reese Roberts, you draw attention to certainly one case, and the other case I want to draw attention to is also Ezra Miller, uh, Resort says there should also be a discussion of how Josh Brolin, who played Thanos in Marvel, was accused and found culpable of domestic violence to Diane Lane, a Marvel new prior, but still hired him. So Reese says he thinks. Shall I just check? Yeah. If he was found? Well, no, no, no. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, there, there is a question mark over Josh Brolin's behaviour in previous relationships. And obviously he was the prior, if you like, huge, notorious villain in the, in the cinematic universe. Also, Ezra Miller was... Uh, involved in some of the potentially really quite awful uh, grooming of a minor. Um, you know, he, he kind of eloped with a young woman or a teenager who was underage to begin with. She was from a Native American Indian tribe. Uh, her parents sought to have her re, re sort of united with the family. They put out a search for him. You know, he was he was convicted of assault and, and what have you, but he was still kind of allowed to promote and appear in The Flash. So, again... You know, it's not the only thing at work here, but I do find it interesting um, how potentially it's like, is a green card, is a, is a pass given? If you're white, do you, can, you, can you nibble away at the edges of, of disagreeable behaviour a bit more? The thing that I think mustn't get lost within all of this is his victim um, and is the woman who herself brought the charges. Um, she herself said originally, and much was made of this, that she didn't want him to be charged. And I think it was important in the process of the court hearing that that desire not to have him charged can also be seen as part of 
uh, coercive control in a, in, in a sense the protection yeah. the protection of the person if you know he, he was he wasn't he, it, him, so there was no he so he said there was no expl explaining this is Josh Burns what led up to his 2004 arrest mm. Mm. He was taken into custody for allegedly hitting his mm. second wife, and they stayed together till 2013. Dawn Decker says, I remember Sean Connery hardly created a ripple when he talked about yeah. domestic violence. I mean, yeah. it's interesting that was, that, that yeah. was, but I think what the chat around <coughs> that time was, oh, that was a long time ago, wasn't it? I was so upset when I heard that about Sean Connery. Ezra Miller is they, I do apologise. My, um, um, my dad did a film with him years ago, and God, yeah. He was Sean Connery. Not, yeah, mm. I, I was on set with him. I fell mm. completely in love with him. Him. For years, I was like, oh, Sean Connery's the loveliest man. Mm. My dad, you know, loved him, everything. And I I, I was so horrified because he'd actually said the words himself, hadn't he? Mm, mm, God. Yeah. So, you know, there yes. are two things to this. I'm, I'm a bit loath to sort of say it could just be that because even Josh Brolin, 2004, you say, you know, things have moved on. We've become a bit more rehabilitated, haven't we? We've become a bit more sort of aware. We've God, become yes. more awake. Woke, awake. Um, and so in that sense, you know, could that be part of this too? Um, I... My sense is in that, that people now respond yeah. very because yeah, of yeah, the yeah. movement. So yes, it's bad that it wasn't the case in the past. But are we looking at an absolute contrast? Due well, to this I think that we are? I think that any person of colour is going to know that there is a more vociferous. Yeah. Uh, Tr Grace Ann Martin, I think a lot of domestic violence still goes unreported. Absolutely. Um, I, think... I feel so so sorry for her because. Mm you know, has been found guilty, it was horrific, and yet there will always be this cloud over yes, her as well, won't they, of, of what she's just saying. It will, The fact that she didn't want him charged, and so, you know, and as she, ever, and, the victim is... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, he, and of course, he said he's going to appeal it and all that kind of stuff. You could argue Marvel, Disney, you know, what should they have done? They obviously didn't press the red button until the moment they could press the red button. But, I mean, this is going to have huge implications. Are they going they to could, are They, they could have done nothing else. They could have they done could nothing have else. No, nothing yeah, else. Done if nothing he's else. been a found guilty of battery yeah. they have and he's in children's films and all of that, no. Yeah. But I suspect that he will make his way back up. He will do indie films. He will. He well, will. he has he has a, an he indie will. film that everyone is already talking about and potentially winning a winning yeah. an Oscar for, yeah. which is uh, is it Magazine the, Dreams? Disney and stuff might be. Yeah. Unfortunately, Disney forever, owns the freedom but, of that film, the rights to that film too. You know, so. and if he re rehabilitates, maybe this is this will be a really good thing for him in the future. He'll look yeah. back and go, do you know what? Yeah. Uh, where would I have ended up if I hadn't got caught at that point? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, so uh, that's that. Right, let's talk about this explicit groom. This groom, a groom who shocked the wedding. His name is Cody. And um, this groom, some people struggle with putting their feeling to words, says The Independent, which can make writing your own wedding vows difficult. But there's a clip of Caitlin Brooks and her groom, Cody Sheehan. As he said in his speech, fellas, this is your sign to go write those vows now, the video caption reads. Um, and he says, he was seen looking at his soon-to-be wife and the efficient before saying in front of the crowd, he said this, I promise to smack that ass every chance I get. He paused, people laughed nervously. Embarrassed. The celebrant sort of nudged forward and said, okay. And he said, that's all I've got. Okay. So The efficient asked him again, is that it? Yeah, he said. Now, people from the audience said, come on, Cody. Are you sure? He must have more to say. And he went, I didn't write nothing out. That's what you're going out. And someone said, is that what you're going out with? He said, that's what I'm going with. 
Okay, so I'm not going to stand in the judgment here. I'm going to give different scenarios that could okay. possibly have gone here. First of all, I didn't write my vows. You did. You mm. spent a lot. Yeah, and but I, but because I know that I'm better just to just to say, and I spoke completely, so and I spoke completely from my heart, and it, it worked for both of us, didn't it? Yeah, it was also completely. But from my heart. what about if he just is somebody that just can't do that? And we live in a world now where everyone is supposed to have such emotional eloquence, mm, mm. and and everyone is supposed to be so sentimental and so, and not everybody's going to be like. And what if that's their thing between them? And you know, it's the se- she finds it the sexiest thing in the world that he says that, and he's actually completely tongue-tied, and he don't, you know, we we don't know. But could he have said something else? If it worked for her, I would like to know how she responded to it. Well, was the, she happy with it? Yeah. Um, he then proceeded. He then proceeded. You've re- you've screwed you. You're screwed. The groom named Michael whispered to his bride. She could be seen giggling as they stood at the altar in front of their friends. He then proceeded to what, tell he his said partner, "You're screwed." Yeah. Well, he the then, groom to the bride. Yes. He oh. then proceeded to tell his partner that only two things are required to keep him happy, and that they involve his wife keeping his belly full and intimacy. I bet he didn't say intimacy. No, and he said, "Though you're amazing at half of it, we really need to get you some cooking lessons." Okay, I'm still trying not to be judgmental. God, I'm amazed. What about if that's just their banter, and and he just it, and he was just going to be just who he was and not conform to what everybody wants and everybody expects. Yeah, you're good at half of it. We've got to work on it. Some people. Just well, talk it to gets each better. Other. The video, oh, no. the video that's <laughs> I'm gonna, online. I'm going to have to hate him in a minute. <laughs> the, offic- the officials who oh happen to be the groom. Hang mom. on, you carry on. I'll go because you know the story. Oh, it's the car there. I think it's for the. Bin men. Yeah. The, uh, it's for, th- for three of them. Um, let me just check. Hi, thank you. Yeah, so the efficient, the efficient was actually the oh, groom's... He gave the delivery man, the bin men. The efficient was actually the groom's mum. And she informs the crowd that she planned to deal with her son later. He's grounded by all means, she said, as the guests continued to laugh. So his mum uh, was the efficient. I just uh, do you think they were all just having a massive laugh? I don't know. But I mean, if I even if you said that as a joke, it's not very funny. But for for us, but for another couple, it might be funny. Mm. But you know, the thing I that really hate, you know, months ago, actually Zoe sent it to us, didn't she, as a, an idea, was the one where people the grooms like to smash cake in their face or push them Never in understand the pool. that. It's just so, so, so that. horrible. Yeah. No, I agree. Anyway, so it's caused all sorts of upset and outrage. And um, But yeah, like you say, look, let's just read here. Anne-Marie Shellard, why is this story out? To hate on them? It sounds nuts, but remember, we must never yuck someone else's yum. Exactly. And, and I, I think why this is a good story to talk about, to, to talk about, is this the fact that everyone is supposed to, is expected to be sentimental. And like, I'm so glad yeah, we don't yeah, have yeah, a baby now. We're not going to have fucking balloons bursting with yeah. confetti and... I mean, every single event, you're supposed to behave 
in this sort of over-the-top movie star way. And also, I think there's a pres- this idea that there's some kind of prescribed right and wrong way to be funny is also true. Yeah. Because actually, what might not be funny to us is funny to someone else. What might be droll or kind of deadpan to yeah. someone else isn't to someone Less else. Less judgment. Uh, and and I, also, in the cold and in print, it reads as one yes, thing, whereas if you watch that's it, that's exactly it's what I was going to say, because it could be like, oh, you're good at one half of it, yeah, we've got to get you some cooking lessons. And that might be their horny banter. Oh. <laughs> I'm pleased you brought horny banter into the room. That's that's something that I'm quite excited about. I do like a bit of horny banter. Um, okay, talking of horny banter, let's get to 3 p.m. I don't know why. Um, when is the? What time of day do you hit your energy low? When just, do just you put some times up? When now. you just whack that wall? Before we say anything. Yeah, when you hit the wall. You know that bit when you suddenly sort of start raging through the cupboard for the some chocolate. The danger zone. As they or call it. the donuts in the office are suddenly going yes, yes, yes. Or that Friday trolley that used to bring the cakes round just isn't getting there early enough. Two p.m. for Elsa Pop. About four p.m. for Faith. Amanda Roach three. Um, two till three, Tracy Street. If the pups don't lie, says it sounds like what Mark would say. What he said. It does. <laughs> yeah. Um, Emma Crabtree, three till four, Dawny. Mine is twenty-four hours a day, every day. <laughs> Elsa Pop, two p.m. I neither snack or sleep. It's definitely the majority. There is three to four. Yeah, it's around three to four. Yeah. And Illing, blood sugar drop. Yes, absolutely. So why is three p.m. The danger zone. What, what, what are your thoughts on that, Nads? It's got to be to do with the body clock. It's got to be with... There's something to... There isn't there the hunger hormone, the gurgurlin or something, yeah. that, that comes... That comes up. It, well, what, I, what I've, you know, always been led to believe that it's it's because actually you don't... not eating properly. Mm. So, like, if you're getting your whole carbohydrates, your protein in, in your three meals or whatever, you mm. shouldn't have that dip. The dip is because... People get tired and they'll have sugar, so then you you feel like high for a little bit, and then you get this terrible crash. Mm. Whereas what you're trying to do is sustain your sugar, your blood sugar levels the whole time. I mean, and also, I mean, the reason why does it happen around that time at all? It is the natural circadian rhythm of the body, which yeah. becomes amplified when you have shorter nights because, of course, the body is going into sleep mode yeah. that much earlier. Because our body, we because Grelin, of the way that gre- we live, Grelin, gre- the oh, there we go. Hormone, yeah. Because our body is constantly trying to live as it should, yeah. but because of the you know, modern world, you know, we're supposed to go to bed asleep as the sun comes down, we're supposed yeah. to get up as the sun comes up, and our body clock is made that way, and we're not doing that. We go to bed at 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. My stomach's trying to live the way it should as well, as a six-pack yes. or an eight-pack. But, you know, you pack. can starve yourself all day, but you come to 3 or 4 o'clock, and Mark will, uh, will absolutely agree to this. He will be in that drawer. He'll, oh, if he's out, he's yeah. buying all sorts of things. So what are other factors that can exacibate the diet danger zone? Having an earlier lunchtime, so that the gap to 3 p.m. is longer, that's tricky. What you ate for lunch, if you're dehydrated, how much exercise you've done, and even the quality of your sleep the night before, everything you've been talking about, Nads. Um, So some of the suggestions are get outdoors. First thing in the morning to get the sunlight, because then that that sets off the the whole clock system in your head. I've said this before. Go to the Zoe app and listen. Mark, you would love it. Just because it's a bit complicated for me, to be honest, because it gets a bit scientific. But you'd be so fascinated by the man that discovered our internal clock. Wow. So if you get up and you have sunlight first thing, it doesn't have to be sunny, but sunlight, 
then you've got a better chance of, mm. of sleeping, you know, as, as you should. Drink more because one of the big misinterpretations that the body makes is that it's hungry or we think we're hungry when in fact a lot of water or water or, or some kind of liquid can actually solve that crisis. I mean, I must admit, you've told me that over the years. I do often now try water first and then I feel both full of water and hungry. But before, yeah, before you, you know, before you get a dry mouth when, you're, when you have proper thirst, you will mm. get hungry. So, mm. so, yeah. I mean, Mark's recently been taking these rehydration things. Oh, my God, felt so, so... I've been telling him for helpful. 10 years you're dehydrated. And, you're it's, dehydrated. and, it's, and it's, those electrolytes have ever so slightly taken the edge off the amount of coffee I'm drinking, which in turn, you know, I mean, I've been unwell this week, it's been a busy week and what have you, but, you know, beyond that, I'm kind of really hopeful that these electrolytes generally are helping. Uh, they say opt for a protein-laden lunch. Presumably this is Nobody because of the... Eats, yeah, enough protein. Is it the, because of the short high you'd get from carbs? See, the protein and the, and the sustaining carbs, the whole carbs, they will sustain you together. Right. So, so most people, okay, are going to have like a cereal or some toast yeah. for breakfast, right? Or, or mostly people in this country have something sweet. Mm. So straight away... You're on a hiding. Well, oh, it's usually a sandwich. Your blood sugar is going to be like that. And the carbs. So, can I, am I right in thinking that carbs yeah, always you, shoot to sugar? Quite well, quickly. white carbs do yeah. without some protein. But but so you should absolutely should get used to a savoury breakfast. Mm, mm, so your blood right. sugar doesn't go crazy. Mm. Then at lunchtime you've got to have some protein. Most people will grab a sandwich. You know they're at work. They'll grab a sandwich. Well, it'll be a, a thin slice of ham. Or like a little bit of egg. In America, you get a sandwich like this. It's this size because it's packed with proteins and vegetables. And yeah. You know, if you really try it, you will see that you do not get tired in the same way. Zoe, maybe you should try what I'm, the electrolytes I'm trying. The pups don't lie, says, which ones are they? Which ones am I trying, the, the electrolytes? I'm going to warn you, they are expensive. Right. Um, but I bought this, I bought a whole thing for Mark as part of a birthday present because I said to him, for your birthday, I'm giving you hydration. And I'm taking it. And the reason that, um, what are they called, Hack. that I got them is because they don't have any salt, they're any sugar in, but they taste nice, don't they? But to moderate that cost, let me give you an equivalence. I've always responded well to energy drinks when running, when doing exercise. I'm naturally you've always been dehydrated. Yeah, and I'm naturally drawn to the sort of sodium content and all that kind of stuff. So if you say to yourself, I'm not actually spending, what do they amount to? What, £2, £2.50 a day for one of those sort of LucasAid energy drinks? It is a lot. One of those sachets, one of these sachets is less. Can I show them? I can't remember how much they are. I know, but can, it's like when I bought my dad that oxygen machine and I said, for your birthday, I'm giving you, I'm giving you breath. <laughs> I always give people really weird presents. Hack number one. Hack number one. <coughs> so anyway, yeah, try that. Um... So, yeah, there's good reason. All six electrolytes. Yeah, and, you know, I struggle with breakfast, but even on the breakfast front, I'm slowly beginning to turn my head towards the idea that some kind of sustenance earlier is going to be better than me actually, you know, sort of, you know, I don't know, sort of reaching for the line at 3pm and then making huge mistakes. Just one other hack, because this is what Dina does for her rehydration. She doesn't use this. This is a really cheap way to do it. So you get Celtic salt. It has to be Celtic, mm. right? And you Why get is that? one grain... It and you put it on your tongue and you let it dissolve and then you have a full glass of water. Why, do, why does it have to... I mean, I'm not being difficult. Because the Celtic it? salt is so good. It's got all these minerals and things. Uh -huh. that are, where you get your salt from in the where, world... What is, defines it as Celtic? Irish? Welsh? I don't know. Scottish? I don't know. Sorry. The Celts? I love the Celts. I love a kilt. I love a kilt and a Celt. Do you? Mm. I love a Celtic kilt. I just love these words. Okay, sorry. Um, I, just briefly, I wanted to share in my passion for darts. Not darts, 
but the world of darts. Yes. I've gone, something's happened with them, hasn't it? It's just big again. It's big, it's engaging, but we'll, we'll save that for another day. It's a curious kind of obsession I have. Watching men drink beer and throw darts and all of their families behind them is, is fascinating. It's fascinating. Anyway, so briefly, let's talk about, uh, well, let's move on to, this is, I thought, a very uh, moving um, piece or number of pieces in the press today about Esther Ranson. Uh, for any of our foreign um, or overseas followers, Esther Ranson was, is a TV presenter, journalist, used to present That's Life, was it? Yeah, was it That's Life? Not This Is Your Life, yeah, That's Life. You know, she's been a sort of, almost a sort of watchdog consumer sort of, she's been a sort of consumer-orientated journalist, hasn't Sorry, she, for some time? That's right, for some time. Um, and so she's she's quite a big name in this country, uh, Dame, Dame Esther Ranson. And she was diagnosed with uh, cancer. She has stage four lung cancer. She's in treatment for it. Um, and uh, she's talked about the idea that she says, if it doesn't work, this radical treatment, um, she said, uh, I might buzz off to Zurich, where assisted dying is legal, she said uh, on a Radio 4 podcast that she was chatting on. But while she was talking about these things... Um, she said, speaking about her decision to join D Dignitas, Dame Esther said it was driven in part by her wish that her family's last memories of me are not painful. Because if you watch someone you love having a bad death, that memory obliterates all the happy times. This really moved me. And this bit here, she talks about it's important that the law catches up. Um, she says, I thought I'd fall off my perch within a couple of months of diagnosis, if not weeks. I certainly didn't think I'd make my birthday, which I did. And I definitely didn't think I'd make Christmas, it appears, although anything can happen. She said, asked about, this is the bit that I wanted to share. Asked which moment in her life she would m most want to relive. Dame Esther said it was one that hadn't happened yet. And this is really mm. gratitude. This is a moment of great gratitude for what we are about to have. She said, I think I would like to relive this Christmas. The Christmas that I didn't expect to have with my family is going to be so precious. And I think that once it's over, I'd like to be able to relive it again. And I just thought... Wow, that's beautiful. I just, I did. It I made read, me really I think. Really, I love that. I read a really moving article the other day. Thank you, Esther. Um, from uh, Diana Rigg's daughter, mm. who, who, you know, Diana Rigg died of mm. cancer. And she too had wanted to go to Dignitas and all of this. Um, but she said it was just so complicated, she couldn't do it. But anyway, very, she, her book's just come out. And I think it will be a really, mm. if, if you're interested in that sort of thing. Mm. <laughs> but of course, it's very sad as well. Um, yeah, Diana Riggs' daughter. But God, yeah, that is so moving, isn't it? So and I think, gratitude. Yeah. Everyone I know that is struggling with mm. life-threatening disease, breast cancer, mm. It's, it's about that. It's about the, they, they, they do not in like that really annoying, toxic, be grateful way, but finding those, those, yeah. I think even, even less than talking about what you should do, it's just doing it. You know, mm. it, it, it's walking the walk, talking the talk, as they say in recovery, you know, doing it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I just how old is she I, again? I, really strongly, I think she's 86, is she 85? Mm. That's about the age of Diana Rigg, I think, yeah. as well, yeah. And finally, and finally, mm. um, do you send Christmas cards? Are you a Christmas card sender? Um, I used to love the act of sending cards. Did I... you actually post them, though? Because I never did. All through oh, well, my when life, I, was younger. I would write them. I'd never send But I would Christmas never card. send them. It is such an ADHD trait, that. I like Other sending cards, go, but I never send so a Christmas weird. card. So I'd have bought them, I'd have written them out, mm. but never send them. Oh, right, I see. So you do literally a pile for people. And 
I've never sent Christmas cards. I've given Christmas cards. When you give a gift, I'll give a card with a present. I'm not really a card person. But I always liked cards. I like, so like my friend Jim would always send an art card or a, you know, I like cards from around the world. I mean, cards I from around cards, the world. I but I'm just not very good at sending yeah. them. Um, I have all the thought and all the feeling and all the heart and I'm going to do this and, I, and then I just don't do it. Bev Berry says it's Terrible. expensive sending cards. It certainly is now. Um, this, this is a piece in the eye, as I said. This is a young woman who's 27. She said... She was sending out, she sent out a whole load of Christmas cards for the first time. And she said she discovered rather shockingly that her friends were offended. They said that this is what old women do. <laughs> she learned that it's more associated with mums and boring people, neighbours, colleagues, friends of the family, the mother of a brother-in-law, people who don't actually really want a relationship with you. And I mean, I must admit, my nan used to get cards every year from someone. And she'd say, all she'd ever say about six cards she'd get each year was, oh, they're still alive. And I said, did you send them one? She, said, she was a miserable no, no, cow sometimes. No, no. But she would laugh. And I said, well, do you, have you sent them a card? She said, why would I send them a card? I have to say, you know, when I was growing up, my mum and dad would have cards strung from one side. Right. And they got less and less and less and less. But I do think that's also just, but it just, it did always make me sad. My mum was a big part of Christmas. My mum sit and do all her cards. She'd do them all in one, you know, just she's so... She's so organised, my mum. Okay. My poor mum, if you're watching, I'm so sorry for oh. the way I am. Oh, babe. Must be such a bloody disappointment. Sorry, I felt a bit emotional. She's just so organised. <laughs> Sorry, Mum. But she embraced your chaos and she let you do whatever you wanted to do. <laughs> really, didn't she? Even if it included travelling the world. Yeah, you took 10. Oh, God. <laughs> but though I must be so frustrating because yeah. now, because I take medication so I can see more of what I'm like. I think, God, it must be been Reese so Roberts, you sum, you sum it up beautifully. Come on, Christmas cards, honour the importance of writing. That's what I like about a card, is, is, is a little personal message of writing, that indelible ink, the little, you know, it's, it's lovely. It's why we, we, love, we love sending you all the cards that we send you. I think there is something, that personal touch, it doesn't happen enough in this day and age where there's that personal element. But I just want to ask a quick question before we sign off. So what do you think the national average number of cards sent, Christmas cards sent per person is? What do you think then? What, what, what would you imagine? Given that so... I can't think of anyone who sends a Christmas card now in the post. But what do you think the national average number of cards per person in this country is? Anyone want to guess? Maybe you could... In fact, you could have a Christmas card for the closest guess. The cards closest that guess. we've had from you over the years. <coughs> you know, guys, Absolutely they're usable. really they're meaningful here. to yeah. us. And, you know, we always tell you off when you buy us things. And we really do mean that because mm. we don't want people spending their money. But, you know... Some of the things that you say to us are just, yeah, just really, just really do warm our hearts. And I have a basket, because of course we can't keep them up all the time. I have a basket where we pop them all into it. It's called, it's our subs basket of, of cards and we, we keep them all. Um, so all the guesses are coming through and you're not going to believe it because we're going to sign off in a moment. The closest answer at the moment is Dawny Harvey. Dawny. With 14. And in fact, the right answer is 17, which I, I thought was quite a staggeringly high number. 17 per person. There's so many numbers, I don't know what we're talking about. Well, no, about. there aren't so many numbers. There's one no, number. but this is how many people people yeah. get. So this woman talks about how she sent out 17 cards and discovered she was bang on the national average. On average, 17 car Christmas cards are sent per member of the population in this country. Sent? Sent, yeah. yeah. Well, and presumably someone receives them too. So the average person gets 17 cards? The average person See, I mean, sends 17. Well, that's a good point. But who gets them? I've, we're not getting 17, are we? Well, we get more than that, actually, from you guys. How do I send you a card? 
Yeah. I don't understand. I know what you mean. As a statistic, it's a curious one. Um, okay. Anyway, so so there you go. I think I think we need to reignite the art of card. No, signing. don't. It's I can't. Oh, is it Not pressure? with everything else. Oh, right, okay. Not with ski lodges and no, villages. Right. Well, and hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Baubles. Let's just get some baubles up. Anyway. All right, guys. Well, there you go. Um, have a lovely day. And obviously, Vlogmas will be landing later today. And um, we will keep you posted about where me and Nan are going to pop up for all you members and a chance to win some cards. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the notification bell and tell your friends about us. We, the more the merrier. Lots of love.